0: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the Dot Daddy Podcast. I am here today with Dame Daigle from Barber Inc. Studios down in North Carolina. How's it going,
1: Dame? Good, man. How you doing? Good. So, Dame, where'd you grow up? Man, I grew up in Louisiana. Small town, one-stop-light, everybody-knows-everybody kind of place.
0: Like a real rural southern town, like stereotypical
1: town, like what you think of when you think of the South? Yeah man, so basically my elementary, my middle and my high school was all in one building. Wow. So, wow. small town. Got to drive an hour to go to Walmart small. Wow. What did <laughs> your what did your family do for work? Uh, I grew up mainly with my uh, different family members, but mainly like uh uncles, aunts and it's uh more of like working in the plants, uh you know, like the refinery stuff like that. Like oil refinery? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what, what was it like being a Louisiana kid down there? Man, I grew up poor, man. I didn't come from much. So, you know, it's just country. Just outside playing all the time. Not in the house like our kids probably are. Uh, well, like mine anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, just, you know, didn't come from a whole lot, man. So we, we were just outside playing all the time.
0: I love to hear that. I love to hear people who are doing really well. You're obviously doing really well. Uh, They come from very humble beginnings because that means you earned everything you have. For sure. And I you're... You've been coming up pretty strong since, I, since I've seen you uh, and your rise from going from barber, and we'll get into a barber, to SMP artist. Yeah. So you did you actually go to the same school from elementary school to 12th
1: grade? Pretty much, man. I was off and on because I kind of bounced around between different family members. But for the most part, this small town, Jackson, Louisiana, is where I spent most of the time at. Okay. So I, I did go to a few different ones, but for the main, mostly, that was that one.
0: Quick quick question, um, how far away is that from, I used to watch that show, Swamp People, I was a big <laughs>
1: fan, shoot them, shoot them, how far them. is that? Well, yeah. uh, you're looking at probably a couple of hours from the swamp, swamp area, for real. Okay, but did you see gators and shit growing up? Yeah, yeah, oh, not necessarily in my immediate area, but we definitely
0: seen them. Okay, okay. so you're, you're growing up in Louisiana, when do you decide to join the Army?
1: Man, in high school, senior in high school, 17, that recruiter caught me after a football game, man, and I, I know you was you was in the Navy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So the recruiter caught me after the football game, and I just kind of was just going through the motions. I had no intentions on joining the military. Like, yeah, man, I'll talk to you. You can come over to the house. And before you know it, I'm out of high school, and I'm signed up, Then went to MEPS and everything, and that that was my way out of small town Louisiana. Very so, Yeah, I was like, I was
0: poor. I was like, I'm not my mom's going to pay for school. I wasn't mentally prepared to go to college at that time. Anyway, I just wanted to get away. So you're kind of like that. You just were wanted yeah, to man. get
1: away. Yeah. I tell for nothing, man. So college wasn't an option. Not, not unless I was getting scholarships and the way my grades looked, that wasn't happening. So <laughs> it was military, man, military or probably at home doing who knows what, probably working you, in the plants with everybody else. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No smart. And you did 20 years, right? No, no, no. I actually did six years. Six I years. Med- six I years. got medically retired um, about six years in. So I had back surgery, and that got me out retired uh, medically. But I still have all my benefits like a 20-year retiree.
0: Yeah, that actually happened to my friend. He was um, – and I'll ask you, but for my friend, his name is Anton. Shout out to Anton. He, he worked in the Air Force, and he was somehow allergic to the chemicals, and he got really bad eczema. Uh, okay. And they retired him after you know six or seven years like you
1: did for 20 years. How did the back injury occur? Man, I don't even know, man. I just woke up one day and my back was hurting. And then you know how the military does. Well, at least in the Army, they slow walked everything. I'm going to the doctor. They don't know what's wrong. They're giving you medication. They're going to give you a shot in the back. They're going to send you to the physical therapy, then pain management. Then after everything doesn't work, they'll finally give you an MRI. And then once I finally got the MRI, they was like, oh man, you need surgery immediately. So about a week after my MRI, I was having back surgery. I had herniated disc. Um, oh, two herniated discs in my lower back, and I honestly don't even know what uh, caused it. Just everyday military, I don't know, activities. For people who don't know, a herniated disc is very painful. Oh, so yeah. you're walking around like that? Yeah, man, that pain going from you know, that, that lower back all the way down to your leg. Can't even take a full step, can't bend over. It, it was just painful. And that was um, I had back surgery at 21, I think, 21 years old. Wow. Yeah, I was re- uh, 21, 22, and I was medically retired a year later. Wow. What did you, um, what was your job in the, in the Army? So I was in logistics, man, transportation management. So that was my um, official title, 88 November, transportation management coordinator, basically shipping and receiving, um, land, rail, air, sea, um, cargo, passengers, whatever. We just coordinated the movements. Did practice.
0: you drive? Yeah. Did you drive any vehicles?
1: No, uh, I mean, I did, but it wasn't my primary job. So I'm, I'm the one that gave the guys the manifest and told them where to drive it to and made sure it got there.
0: Okay. And what, um, so you were in, I'm assuming during the Iraq
1: Afghan war, did you have to go over there at all? No, man, I didn't actually have to go. I joined in 06 after high school and I went okay. to Korea for a couple of years. After Korea for two years, I was in Virginia for like three and a half. And then that's when I um, ended up getting hurt before I ever got to deploy overseas. What about you? Did you make it overseas?
0: No, I was lucky I was on the Navy, you know, we, uh, we singing YMCA and swabbing the deck. <laughs> oh man, that's the stereotype for sure. So you graduated high school in 06? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was 05. So we were the last right. generation to go through without social media. Luckily, they, you know,
1: yeah. Social media was on the scene pretty much around that time. MySpace was hitting, you know, yeah. I, I met my wife on MySpace in Korea in 2007, gotcha. <laughs> who you're married to right now yeah wow wow
0: that's yeah. awesome that's amazing yeah, man. actually Many so you were just sitting like, in korea you were in korea
1: talking to her and then you're like hey when i get back i'm gonna you know we gotta No, meet i up. met her in korea she was there oh shit. yeah so my wife my wife was a dependent her dad was stationed there so her and her family was there so oh. we kind of met over there on base in seoul korea um in a base called Youngsan. so we met over there man and been together ever since Wow. Back Congrats to both of you. Wow. Appreciate it. You know, just like anything has ups and downs, but you know, here we are 16 years later. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And
0: how, um, so how long had she had been living there before you
1: met her? Oh, uh, she was probably there like a year and a half before I met her. She was there a total of two years too. So okay. I met her and then we were together for probably a few months and then she got sent back to the States with her dad. So we were long distance for a while. Yeah, we're okay. long distance, about five years, between the Army and her being in college and everything.
0: Wow. Very interesting. Crazy, man. Uh, Young
1: and in love, man. Crazy. Did, <laughs> she, um, did she grow up in the South as well? Yeah, she's from North Carolina originally, man, but she's a military brat. Moved all over the world. Is
0: that why world. you ultimately ended up in North Carolina? Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Because yeah, uh, her family or something?
1: Yeah, man. So she, um, they ended up moving to Fayetteville by Fort Bragg. That's where her dad got stationed. Then she was going to college in North Carolina. I got out the Army. She was in North Carolina. I was in Virginia, so I just moved over this way. So we were in Fayetteville for a few years before Bragg is. I was out there, went to barber school, started cutting hair, and then moved to Charlotte to get to a bigger city.
0: See, that was going to be one of my questions, but, Jody, I thought you, maybe you had started cutting hair in the Army, because that is a job for people who don't know that, being a yeah. barber in the military. So you, when you got out, you were like, I'm not going to do logistics. I don't want to do this shit. You decided to...
1: I went, few, I went to a few job interviews, man, uh, on Fort Bragg. Went to a few job interviews. I shot way too high. I'm, I'm interviewing for GS 12 and 13 positions and I got in E five, and you're like, man, you're supposed to be a colonel with these positions, I'm not interviewing for these positions. I was shooting too high. Before you know it, I just ended up in barber school. That's great. Hey, at least you tried. You're going out there. Yeah, I went to a couple job interviews. And I was like, nah, I don't know if this is for me, man. I'm not, I'm not really the working type, like as far as working for someone. I've never had a traditional job, like ever. So I, I don't even know if that would ever even work. So, so what was it like
0: going to barber school? I mean, did you have like in Delaware, you have to do I don't know a thousand free
1: hours or something like that? Yeah. So North Carolina is fifteen twenty eight, one thousand five hundred and twenty eight hours to get your um, you know barber certification. You get once you get your hours, you go take the test and then you get your license. But it took me pretty much eleven months, Monday through Friday, nine to five, Dang. almost a full year. Yep.
0: That had to been rough. That had to have been rough just because I I get do you
1: get tips or anything? Uh honestly, man. I went to this, I don't know, hood school. It just (laughs) I didn't learn much of nothing in the school, man. It's pretty much learning on your own. Okay. Okay. I didn't learn how to cut there. It was trial and error, man. I really learned I learned how to cut in school. At some point, you know, I'm cutting everybody in the school, and then I ended up in the barbershop, and that's where I really started getting good. Where was your original barbershop? You, or The first barbershop you worked at Fayetteville, right outside Fayetteville? of Fort Bragg, Yep, right okay. outside of base, which was good for me because, you know, when it comes to military guys, you're going to have everybody. So every hair texture, every race, every nationality came through the barbershop. So I was ready for it all by the time. And I they need place. it weekly and they need it. Oh, yeah. You know, they yeah. got to get it. Sunday was my busiest day because they had to get fresh before Monday morning formation. <laughs> Sunday was my busiest day. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Out. So You're probably
0: making a bunch of money. Everything. The, um, do you, now when did you move from you know being outside a military base? Did you ever open up your
1: own shop or how did that go? So I came to Charlotte in 2016 or no, 2015, and then I got my own like barber suite in 2016 uh, in a spot called Salon Lofts. And I was there for about six years before I moved to my barbering Inc. Studios location. So I had the suite at Salon Lost, I had another barber in the suite with me. Um, so basically a small shop with two chairs. And then I ended up getting into the S&P industry and I got another suite in the building. So I was paying for two suites, man. And then the amount of rent that you're paying for two of them, I might as well come get a building. So that's what I ended up doing. Well, congrats on that, man. Appreciate it, man.
0: Now, do you still cut hair? Are you doing s full time or do you still
1: take haircuts? Yeah, man. So s p is full time. I transitioned probably about after a year doing in S&P. I transitioned into doing it full time. I do cut hair one day a week on Fridays, and that's just for the very loyal customers that've been with me since I've been here for 8-9 years. So, I cut probably 8 to 10 heads a week, and you no know, same people every week same haircut, and I cut off 95% or more of my clientele just to take care of those people on Friday.
0: Did you did you have to raise your prices for those people on Friday?
1: Oh, um, yeah, the prices definitely went up because it's more of a you know, it's it's more of a What's the word I'm looking for? Service? Uh, definitely the service. Uh, It's just more high-end because of my location, my my building. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, you know, I'm only cutting them. I'm not cutting anybody else. I'm not accepting new clients. So, yeah. And then... That-
0: and they obviously know that you don't, you know, you're pretty much doing SMP now. So yeah. you're doing this more like as a favor. So if you want to come to game, you just have to pay a little
1: bit more. Exactly. And, and they already know SMP trumps everything. So if I got a first session trying to come in here and give me $3,000 on Friday morning, that's the only day they can come. They got to reschedule, y'all. This SMP is coming in. So Oh, they, I get it. I get it. know takes precedence over everything. Which it should, right? For sure. Now... <clears throat>
0: So you got your uh, you got your new suite. Who did you originally train with when you
1: started SMP? So I trained with Taylor down in Miami. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I started with Taylor down there back in ooh, I don't know, three years ago almost. So okay. maybe may it be three years that I uh, went and trained with Taylor.
0: You're doing very well. You're doing very well. And was that the um? Did he do your head as well, or who ended yeah. up
1: doing you? Yeah, he okay. um he did mine when I was down there, man. So. My initial S&P investment, man. So between the class, getting my head done, going down to Miami, all in was about 12 grand initially.
0: People don't understand. I know what you mean because I spent a lot of money like that too. But some people because that's that's a a year, maybe two years of college. Community college, that pays for definitely two years.
1: Yep. You know what I mean? Definitely an investment, man. I, I decided to invest in myself my education. I think the class all in at that time, I might've paid like 5,500 with the equipment. It was definitely top tier pricing compared to the way that some of the classes are being priced now. Um, and then I paid full price for my head as well, another three grand. So I couldn't come back after taking the class, still rocking the ball head and not having SP. So I made myself a walking advertisement. Okay. Oh, so you took the class and then went back later to get it done? Well, no, I took the class, the initial um, two-day training, and then I stayed an extra day um, for his next class. He had another class that week, and I was uh, the uh, on the day one model, model the client. Um, I, let, I, I was a model for him.
0: Oh, okay, okay,
1: yeah. nice. And I should have talked to him about the model price. I didn't know nothing about a model price at that time. I paid full price. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, well, how, no, wait, did it. he do the rest of your procedure, though, when you
1: did your second session and all that? No, yeah, so he did the whole thing. Okay. Um, Okay. I was a day one model just for him to do basically day one, just show the students how S and P, you know, how it's done. Oh, the students didn't work on me; it was all done by him. And then I went back for a second and third session as well. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so that's what I tell people, man. You got to you got to invest in yourself. If you're not willing to invest in yourself, then it's just this isn't for you for sure. I
0: agree. What um. What kind of got you into S&P? Did you just see it on Instagram?
1: Were you uh, a confident as a bald guy? H- how did it go? So for me, I didn't necessarily mind rocking the bald head because the way I look right now is pretty much how I always looked haircut-wise. I had a really low haircut with a ball fade. That was my high school haircut, military haircut. So when I transitioned into a bald head, it wasn't that big of a difference. Plus, I was a guy that always wore a hat, always. Um, so having a bald head really wasn't that big a deal. If I wasn't getting into the S&P industry, I probably never would have got it myself personally. Um, yeah. but now that I got it, I love it. I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. I definitely wouldn't change it. Um, but I had a lady in the suite next to me when I first got in Salon loss back in 2016. That's when I first learned about S&P. She was doing the microblading, micro shading. She was doing the lashes, all of that stuff. And she was like, hey, dames, there's a new service out here, Scout Micropigmentation and doing head tattoos. And this is 2016. I'm like, man, who's going to get that? I'm not about to spend $5,000 to go take a class on something that nobody's going to get because I couldn't see the vision just yet. Mm-hmm. So it took me a few years. So a few years comes down the line. It's still on my radar. I'm seeing it more and more on social media. And then at that point, I was, uh, it was during COVID, and I was getting ready to invest in a larger barbershop. Um, and you know, COVID was a little uncertain at the time. So instead of taking that money I had put aside and investing in the bigger barbershop, I decided to invest in me and this new service. Smart move. The smart move, right? change your life. For sure, man. That's what I tell my students, man. I had my initial $12,000 investment back within three months of doing S&P.
0: Isn't that but, great? See, that's, that's what I like to hear. I love to hear it because there's a lot of people who take S&P courses, pay a bunch of money, but they don't go hard. They, no. I think they underestimate how much time it requires not only to get good, but to also just bring in people. For sure, right? for sure. to, to the marketing is, it's a never ending battle for me. And I'm sure you see that too. It's yeah, nonstop marketing, always marketing, coming up with new ideas. Instagram changes its algorithm. Now you got to do it this way. You know, yeah. it, it's, and then, and that every year, my, the most money I spend is always on marketing. More yeah. than rent, more than mortgage, more than all that. It, it's marketing costs. Yeah.
1: If you want to bring in clients, you got to pay for the marketing. You got to, you
0: got it, to. Some, some people don't realize that or they're not willing to spend it, but it yeah. takes money to make money, unfortunately. Definitely,
1: man. And when it comes to s and that's what I tell my students, man. It's not going to walk through the door. I've never had a walk-in for SP like I have in the barbershop. So, you know, most of the people that take the course, my course anyway, are barbers. And I let them know, you know, that initial hustle that you had whenever you got out of barber school to get booked and busy, how you was grinding, passing out flyers, going hard, doing a lot of posting, getting content. And then once you're... Or a busy barber, you get to slow down some because you already got your clientele established. But in S and you never get to slow down. You got to go full throttle all the time. So the marketing is never ending. I might, I'm always wearing a Barbering Studios t shirt. Have my Instagram on the back, and I love know, that. Got clients that way everywhere I go. That's all I wear. My dad, uh, my my daughter. I'm sorry, my son. Um, I had on just a regular t shirt without Barbering Studios on it. He was like, Dad, where's your Barbering Studios clothes? So that's all he. <laughs> my wife's tired of seeing it. <laughs> but it's, it's free marketing
0: yeah no i agree i you gotta you gotta rep your brand you gotta you for just sure. gotta keep getting the word out because and you're right people have to think about this they don't just walk in and say i'm gonna get it done you know you gotta let it sit on their mind a little bit oh, and yeah. it's a little expensive uh and it's a big change it's their head right sure. so they they need to they need you know i thought about it for a while um so how many kids do you have two man two how many do you have uh, I have two. Yep, my daughter, um, who's four months, who we talked about before I right. got on air, and then my son is three.
1: Yep. Okay. So yeah, I got a three-year-old son, and man, it's not—it's not for the week. I tell you, is Little he? Boy, my son is so hyper. I don't yes, know about, he has no chill. So my daughter's ten, and my son is three. So they're seven years apart. My daughter was easy. She listened. She did what she was told perfect little angle now that she's getting a little older you know that little attitude is starting to develop but my son he doesn't listen worth nothing he doesn't care about getting in trouble getting his tablet taken away he's just hyper all the time but I guess he probably he might get that from me man because I I was probably a hard-headed kid too but you know second and first child are totally different
0: yeah and I it's funny you say that I told my wife that I mean I was hyper kid You know, he's probably going to be hyper. He's probably going to have to learn the hard way on a lot of things. No matter how much we tell him, he don't, you know, he's going to have to get
1: hurt, you know, unfortunately. For sure. That's what I tell my wife. She's ready to baby him. I'm like, nah, he's all right. Let him cry it off. Let him shake it off. You know, as long as as there's nothing too severe, he'll be all right. Because if you play into it, he'll get sad and start crying just because you worried about him. But if you don't pay him no attention, he'll shake it off and go do it again.
0: The, hey dads if you're listening to this dame is 100 right on that. yeah man. you know, you, know, you gotta got got these boys to be men exactly it's very important there's a lot of a lot of soft guy a lot of soft kids out there lost a lot of soft grown men raising even softer kids here in 2024 man i'm i'm, I'm trying to make sure i'm raising a man so <laughs> i agree i agree 100 percent. are you guys watching
1: uh you know on paw patrol blippy what do you got what's he watching Oh, man. He's, uh, he likes watching dinosaur shows. Uh, there's this little alien show on Netflix he likes to watch, uh, okay. Jurassic Park, stuff like that. I don't, we don't do none of the um, Cocoa Melon and stuff, uh, none of those. He okay. does a little bit of Blippi. I think he might do that with mom. I don't know nothing about Blippi. Papa for oh, sure. I, I, I used to watch that with my daughter, so now I'm watching it with my son. It's like history repeating itself.
0: Yeah, and it's a good show. They have good lessons, mm-hmm. you know. There's some of them are there's some kids shows that you're like, ah, eh, this is really weird. I don't want yeah. you watching this. But some of them, it's like they're teaching them things yeah. that they should learn anyway. They do. Well, uh, some of
1: them teach them bad habits too, so you got to monitor what they're watching. Because my know. son will say something, I'm like, man, where did you hear that? I don't, we don't we don't say that. Or he'll try to throw a fit and say, oh, I don't love you anymore. Where do you hear that from? So this had to be from some show that you was watching that we didn't know about. So we gotta make sure we monitor that because you don't know what some of these shows are gonna be saying to these kids. Oh yeah, we have same thing,
0: same thing. You know, he'll say something. I'm like, how the hell do you even know that? Where did you? Exactly. Where did you learn that? Where did you hear? And there's just so much content for kids to consume. And plus, he might overhear me talking, or exactly. I've had that issue where he's dropped the f bomb, and I'm like, damn, because I'll tell my dog, shut the fuck up, you know. And I don't realize I'm telling my dog that, and he hears it, and you know, the
1: next day he'll say it, and I'm like, oh man. man. Look, I, I was in the military, man. So for me and being from the South and the way I grew up, cussing is second nature. Every other sentence, I'm throwing cuss words in there. And I'm trying to do better as I'm getting older and I have kids. But my wife is definitely on me all the time. Like, why you got to say that? Don't say this. They're listening to everything. And they are. So they, they will repeat you in a minute, especially the younger ones.
0: It's a hard habit to break, ding, right? <laughs> it is a hard. You got to basically self-monitor yourself. I got to be aware. I got to be aware. OK, don't. You know, I try my best. I really do. <laughs> Sometimes it slips out.
1: It definitely but does, man.
0: How, so what's uh, your guys' work-life balance then? If you, you got the three-year-old, I mean, I know you're putting in a shit ton of
1: hours for SMP and marketing and all that. Um, what's that like? Man, oh, well, the, the good thing about SMP, man, is actually opened up my schedule a lot. So whenever I was cutting hair, let's say five, six days a week, I'm all day, every day. You know, I'm gone those days. But S&P, I might come to work and work three, four hours, and now I got the rest of the day to do whatever I need to do. And, and you so could we, do
0: the marketing at your house.
1: Exactly. And, then, you know, so I might get some content here, and then I go home and I edit the video while I'm sitting there watching a show with the fam or something like that. Um, and there's there were times, especially in the beginning, man, where S&P consumed me. S&P completely consumed me. Like, I'm, 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 it's not quite as bad now, but when I first started, this is how serious I was about making this my new career. I went to sleep thinking about it. I dreamed about it. I woke up thinking about it. At at night, I would fall asleep. My phone would hit my face. While I'm trying to edit videos, I'm falling asleep. So it was real crazy like that first year. Me and my wife, you know, we definitely had several conversations about me being more present because I was either talking about S&P, doing something S&P related. She was tired of hearing about it. She didn't want to hear the word scalp micropigmentation like at all. She was tired of it. But that's what I tell my students, man, you have to be obsessed about this if you really want to break into the industry. Cause Thank there's so many you. people getting into it now and watering it down. And if you're really not going to apply yourself and go all in on it, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to get any motion going whenever it comes to trying to get clients. So it was I know exactly bad. what you mean
0: about, about the addiction to SMP. I 100% know what you I've mean. You beard. can't help it, but that's cause you took it serious. That's cause you take it serious. For sure. You know, For you sure. were dedicated. You you're 100% dedicated. And that's, you know, for people listening, that is what it takes, especially now, because there's so many people training and getting trained. I mean, it's even more difficult now than when you first started when I first started. Yeah, man. you have to be I mean, I think about all the all the people I keep wanting to say kids, all the new people trying to learn S&P and breaking in in 2024 and 2025. I mean, there's a lot of competition on top of yeah. it, even though there's n- there's
1: not that much competition there is at the same time, if that yeah, makes sense. Because you're going to have a ton of people certified. Like, let's just say this person went to a class and it had 20 students in it. I guarantee you maybe only one of those 20 students are actually doing s or even learned enough to where they can take this skill back home and actually do it. Because yeah. um, so many people are putting these big classes together. And I don't think it's personal enough for, you know, students to actually learn what they need to learn.
0: Yeah, I was just talking to uh, to Donna from um, from Vancouver SMP from Flawless yeah. SMP. We we're just talking about that. Uh, you know these big classes. I think big classes are good if it's extra, if it's a master class where you're learning yeah. something. But if it's your initial class and you think you're gonna get one on one time with the instructor, like I know for me personally, if I'm teaching more than even five people. Mm-hmm. I want to give Facetime. I want them to ask me as many questions as possible. Exactly. You know, I don't want to be spread thin. Uh, I know that I wanted one-on-one training. So I paid extra when I initially learned. Cause exactly. I was like, I
1: want to ask them that, Cause that's how I am. Exactly, man. So whenever I, whenever I took my class, it was four people. Um, it was good. a smaller class. So I got to learn, uh, you know, enough to get started, but I, there was still a lot. I didn't know. Cause I took a two day class versus I'm offering a three day class. Um, so, you know, if you got 20 plus people in a two day class environment, they're they're not going to grasp this industry like like they probably should. Now, from a master class perspective, everybody already knows what's going on and they know what to do. You know, they're just there getting extra game. Then that, that's a little different. But just initially, I wouldn't recommend nobody doing one of those classes because you're going to leave just still lost in the sauce. I
0: completely agree.
1: I completely agree. And no shame to nobody. If you're doing a two day class with 30 people great for you 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 you're doing awesome, you're making money, your marketing is probably great, but I don't think the students are learning everything they probably need yeah, and
0: I'm sure I'm sure uh the people doing that are aware of it, you know yeah i'm yeah. sure i I honestly think if I'm the student, I'm gonna do my homework, and I should know I'm signing up for a bigger class uh mm-hmm. so this I'm gonna need to continue my education. This should not be your end all be all you know what I mean? That that Absolutely. initial, it's more like think of it as like maybe an introductory to s yep. Yeah, we can think of it like that. Um, that's good stuff. That's good stuff, Dave. Yeah, um, yeah. so you're where are you living at now? So you're in? Are you living actually in
1: the city of Charlotte? Yes, I'm in Charlotte. Yep. Okay, it's beautiful, beautiful town. Right. Yeah, it's a good city, man. Good to raise a family in. Up and coming. It's starting to get a lot busier now. So, it, you I know think- it, a lot of people from up north are moving down here.
0: It's rated super high. Like I, I personally have a cousin who moved down there. Uh, what's it? Raleigh? Is it Raleigh? Yeah, Raleigh. Yeah, a couple hours away. Yeah, he he moved down there. People love North Carolina. Is rated. It's always in like the top five places to move.
1: Okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah, you know, so for me, North Carolina, well, especially in Charlotte, the prices have skyrocketed. But then you have people moving here from New York and New Jersey or Philly, and they're like, "Man, this is so cheap" because they're already used to paying crazy amounts up there. So they get down here and it's twenty five hundred. Three thousand for rent and they're like oh yeah this is a good price but everybody that's from here i've been living here for a while they're like man everything's skyrocketing hey but if you got in before they got there you're you're uh, no yeah you for know. sure for sure <laughs> that, that's my only knock on, on charlotte man the infrastructure isn't growing quite as fast as the people are moving in like uh, the the houses the apartments you know everything you feel really down. crowded it's starting to get there the traffic's yeah. starting to get bad uh you know the the road system everything's just not growing quite as fast as the living spaces are being put up. But other than that, man, I have no complaints. Charlotte's been good to me. Let <laughs> me ask you another I
0: question. Do. do they, is there a big, because you know all these like mega cities, uh, Philly, New York, LA, um, Seattle, they got a big homeless problem. Austin, Texas. Is
1: there, yeah. is there a homeless problem in uh, Charlotte? No, for sure, man, for sure. You know, you're going to see somebody on every corner holding up a sign. You're going to see tents on the side of the road. It's, it's literally everywhere, man. I don't think you're going to go to no major city and not see it it's a shame it's a shame it's crazy um, uh,
0: so you see the industry growing we, we kind of touched on that for sure. how, how do you feel about and i've been asking people this question so just your thoughts how do you feel about s because right now you can basically at least in delaware you could take an smp course and then you could just go do SP. i mean you got to get a a license the tattoo license all you have to do is pay right. hundred hundred dollars Do you think it should be more regulated like the tattoo industry or or like the barber industry? How do you feel about that?
1: Uh yes and no man. Uh because I don't know after I took my SMP course if I would have had to go like a lot of a ta- lot of places with a tattoo permit you got to go shadow somebody or you know for a year before you can get a license and stuff. I wouldn't like that personally, but it's not necessarily a terrible idea either. Because so many people, like, I've had people that's come talk to me and had conversations with me after taking somebody else's class, and they still didn't know how to set up a station. They didn't know that they were supposed to wrap their machine up. Uh, So, you know, it's hard to say, but in North Carolina, it's much like your your, uh, area, man. Um, All you got to do is fill out the application, send it to the health department, call health department, hey, send in the application, pay your fee, and then they'll set up the inspection date. You pass the inspection, you got a tattoo permit with no, you had to have no prior experience. So, I don't know, man. It, it, could, it could go both ways.
0: What I completely... No, yeah, I agree right. with you. I agree that there are benefits, right? Um, but it would also be a pain in the ass if, if I was the new person coming in. I'm yeah. like, oh, man, I gotta do all this shit. Exactly. But, I, but, you know, you see a lot of people with getting jacked up jobs they watched clips on youtube or something on how to do smp or uh, they're just mm-hmm. not getting the proper training but i really do think it comes down to the individual students need to do their homework yes. uh before they pick someone because if you're just shopping for
1: the lowest price you're going to get a lower quality quality sure. yep. same thing with smp man if you're going to the 500 smp artist versus the guy that's charging you know industry standard 2500 3000 or better, then your work is probably going to look that way. Like I got a friend down in Miami. Um, well, a couple guys I know down there, and they'll tell me, you know, we keep having to lower our prices and lower our prices to compete with the barbershop across the street doing it for two fifty a session. So, wow. You know, you know some some S artists are going out of business depending on the area. Where I'm at in North Carolina, I mean, there's a few people, but no no real competition.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's enough to. And honestly, there's enough bald people to go around. Right, there's plenty of bald people to go around.
1: I tell people that all the time. They're gonna like, "Hey, we're, are we gonna run out of clients?" I'm like, "No," because people are going bald every day. You're not yeah. gonna lose out on clientele.
0: Did you? So after you trained with uh, Taylor, who did did you do any more training with anybody else, or how? Yeah, that man. Felt? So
1: um, about a year into it, I went uh, up to Maryland at the Art of SMP and did a master class slash shadow, or well, more of a shadowing with Chris. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So I took a few things from there. Um, you know, to add to what I already do. Um, like I said, it's more of a shadowing kind of thing. You could pick the brain, but you know, it wasn't like a class class.
0: Yeah, I saw I I know what he offers. Yeah. It's a good deal too. It's it's exactly kind of what you need. If you already know what you're doing, you yeah. shadow him, you ask him a bunch of questions
1: there exactly. and you get to see him do it. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I did, man. Uh, so other than that, man, I'm not opposed to it. I tell my students all the time, you can never stop learning. Education is definitely key. Um, and my next master class is going to be with somebody probably that specializes more in the natural hairlines, um, you know, just to see maybe how they do it. Because most people that come see me want the barbershop lineup. And I feel like I got that down. So I, I wouldn't want to train with one of those um, type of people again, um, even though there are some really dope artists out here. Like Jesse Lima, I thought about going check him out just because I really like his work. But yeah. you know it's kind of similar to what I'm already doing, so I I would probably go more that natural route.
0: I've noticed a lot of uh, you barbers. Now I I identify as a barber, but I never went to barber school. Like I've been cutting hair okay. for twenty years. But you guys who actually did the barber school and you know worked in shops and everything, you guys also I like how you go to other barbers kind of, that switch to SMP and learn their technique. I like yeah, I like for sure, that. For sure. And now, um, and now with the natural hairline, I personally hate doing the sharp line edge up. I talk about all the time, I'll do it, I can do it. Yeah, I can make it look really but it's not fun for me right. as where when I do the natural hairline, I have more freedom. I pop, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Um, to yeah. me the the straight line edge yeah. up is a pain in the ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, for me it's opposite, man, because I really because that's what I'm doing in the barbershop. So this this came second nature, you know, drawing a straight hairline and really laying it down. And that's why people come see me because that's what they want. You know, I pretty much got to the place where I got people flying in from all over the country, which is definitely- That's awesome. Feeling. Congrats. Oh, you know, it's definitely a great feeling. Appreciate it, man. Like you got somebody flying in, you know, catching the Uber from the airport to, to the studio, then they're going right back to the airport after they get their session. So, you know, it's really cool. But I haven't really tapped into that natural market yet. I do them. I, I definitely do them. I love doing them, but I don't get a lot of them because of most of my marketing is not going to be that.
0: Hey, but hey, but- you're about to. You're you, the more you do it, the more uh
1: you'll get right. For sure. Those, I wanna, the, just like when I was cutting hair, man, I wanted to cut every hair texture. Same thing with SP, man. I want to tap into every market. I want to do everybody's head. So I don't want to. I, I want to make sure I don't put myself in a box, because then you'll just be known for doing one thing. You know, you I agree. A diverse artist. I agree. So what um what products are you using? So uh, ink wise, I'm using follicle. That's pretty much my go to follicle. Um, okay. They're brown and black. And then needles, I'm using the Inku jade needles.
0: Okay, using the Inku. And I saw yeah. you're with Inku now. And weren't you, were you with somebody else at some point? Yeah, man, I was with FYT uh, for about a year. How years. did you pull that off? I got to ask. How the hell did you, there are guys who've been in the industry who for who are very good who don't get the FYT.
1: I don't know, man. They reached out to me. Uh Really? Yeah, man, they reached out to me. Uh, They were cool. No, no, um, again, no issues or, you know, ill will or nothing. But for me, the product just wasn't um, working the way I would want it to. So it's kind of hard to push it. And, you know, there's contractual, not even necessarily contractual obligations, but things that we had in place, uh, you know, for being a sponsored artist, you should get this and da, da, da. And some of the sponsorship side of things wasn't being held up. So that's whenever I uh, had the conversation with the guys at Inc.U., and I was, I like their products a lot. So I love I Giro. I love Giro. Yeah. What about um, you? What are you using?
0: Thank you. I use them all people. I use them all. <laughs> Send me your free shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't well, want to be tight. No, but I you. do. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I use, I use FYT. I use Inc. I use uh, Art of SMP. Chris has a great product as well. Those are pretty much my uh, three staples. I also use Cheyenne. Uh, the Cheyenne needles, mm-hmm. and there's all, and I even use this um Chinese needle uh when I'm in a when I'm in a when I'm in a cram and I got to order okay. something on Amazon.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, my 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 Amazon uh crunch time needle was a mask, <laughs> the box of masks that came on. Amazon. Oh yeah, masks mass are good. That, yeah. Hey, they do the job. Yeah, that was my that was my that was my crunch time. Like my my needles hadn't come in time, and you know Amazon it's gonna be here tomorrow. So yep. if I got to pull those out, I will. But for the most I ha- part, right now it's all you uh, Jade needles. Yeah,
0: and they're great. They're great, yeah. and uh, and I'm happy for uh, Inkou and and, Jero and and Eric and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ho- hope if you ever go up to New York, I'll have to. I want to. I'll go up there. Uh, yeah, for check sure, it out. Man. I saw that
1: you went to uh, Atlantic City. So what was that show about? What was that? Uh, Atlantic City was cool, man. That was their first year back, I think, since the pandemic. Um, and for that being the first year of being back after being gone for so long, it was definitely a, a good turnout. So were you the only SMP artist? Yes. Um so they you know the guys good for you. On, yeah, man. Um so the guys that put on the show reached out to me, um, you no, know, invited me out. They seen my work, they seen that I was at the show here in Charlotte, the Barberville show. Um, and they seen some of the content from that and they hit me up, invited me out. I seen Jay Majors was hosting it. So I was like, Yeah, that's probably gonna be a dope show. And I went out there, me and my wife went out there and uh, made a weekend out of it for Halloween. So it was definitely a good time. It was my first time ever going to Atlantic City. So it was a good time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I go go every year. I've been going every year for like, I don't know, seven years. Uh, Yeah, I love Atlantic City. Uh, That's why I asked. I honestly think we could, I think Atlantic City could pull off an SMP Expo or or a scout show. Uh, Yeah. You know, it has the capacity to hold that much people. For sure,
1: yeah. They got the capacity. Um, yeah. I, I guess I had a little higher uh, hopes because I've never been. I just know what I've seen on TV and heard. Yeah. But, excuse my Did not expect the brown water? No, man. So my clients from up north, they were telling me, man, that's basically like for the New York, New Jersey people or surrounding areas, that's y'all Myrtle Beach. So for us, we'll go to Myrtle Beach. So I don't really think much or expect much of Myrtle Beach. Uh, yeah. But I guess the only thing that uh, I wasn't expecting going out there, I guess COVID hit everybody hard. There were so many boarded up and shut down buildings and uh businesses.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, no, that's a good point. So Atlantic City almost kind of shut down at like 10 years ago, and then this billionaire came in and he started fixing the hotels and stuff. But you yeah. still have a lot of there's you can like me and my wife will go down the boardwalk with my son, you know, in the stroller and all that. And it's it's kind of like a family place, but occasionally a crackhead will pop out of the woodworks. Definitely. You know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> Yeah.
1: Like and I, I don't really know how long it. that strip was, man, because we walked from one end to the other and it took forever. Yeah. Like, I was expecting more like Vegas, everything on top of each other and real close, but it's definitely spread out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of hotels right along yeah. the strip, but it's like the appeal. Cool, would though. you want to go to Vegas or Atlantic City? Atlantic City, it's just close and convenient. That's it's you're paying closer. for the convenience. Yeah. Much closer.
1: It was a good time, though. I'd never been, man. So it was a good time. We went to some crazy Halloween party out there. It was definitely fun.
0: Nice. What, um, how do you see, or what are your future concerns about SP? Do you have any? Do you, are you worried that there's, we're going to run out of, uh, or there's going to be too many artists, too much competition?
1: Uh, I mean, the only concerns I have, man, is people just not being trained properly. Um, just putting out really bad work. So people... People that are bald are already self-conscious about it, you know, a lot of times. That's why they get an SMP. They already have a stigma about being bald. They, they miss having that look of a having a nice haircut. So then they'll go somewhere and they'll get a really bad botched job, and they'll want you to fix it. And sometimes you can't. Um, so that's that, I see it going that way a lot. I'm seeing more and more not-so-great work. So th- I hope that training definitely, you know, is, is taken seriously whenever people do it whenever they offer the training and whenever people actually go get trained and for the students, make sure they're practicing, not just going straight to a head, never picking up your machine after class. And, you know, it's been three months since you took the class and now you're working on a head. You never touched a skin or melon or did no practice. Um, so I don't know, man, I can't say it's going to be oversaturated because I would say for every 10 people that takes a class, maybe one sticks with it. That sounds about right. That sounds Um, about right. I I agree. It's going to be oversaturated with actual artists. Cause a lot of them don't stick with it. They, 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 don't want to, they don't understand the grind that, that it really takes to be successful, man. So I don't think it'd be oversaturated to where we won't have any more clients to go around for everyone, but no, I, I definitely hate seeing the bad work being put out.
0: I know, I know. And it's, and then when they come to you to try and fix it, you're like, ah, you know, it, yeah. sometimes I might charge even a little bit more. Like if it's that jacked up, if, or, uh, you know, send them to get a laser session or two. Yeah.
1: You I know, because that's what you got there. I never had nobody actually get laser uh session and come to me after, but I've advised people to do so. Um, and then I never heard from them again. So.
0: it's painful. So what yeah. I've heard is it's very painful. Oh, I heard to it hurts. It done. <laughs> yeah, I heard it hurts. I think and I did a video
1: where Jerome got it, right? Did he get did he get uh laser? Maybe he did at one point, I'm not sure. I I thought I saw a video, I could be wrong, but I, I heard it hurts a lot more than actually getting SMP. Yeah.
0: Oh, it looks brutal. And sometimes you have to get more than one session of the laser. Like if they went too deep with it. No, yeah, for sure. So what about you, man? Did you have, you have any concerns on the industry? So my concern in regards to the industry, it's more, it's, it's similar to the, basically the training situation, the training people not being properly educated and then going around messing up people's heads. That's my main concern. Uh, I also think about the industry. I see a lot of, and luckily I'm not in any beefs, okay? I don't know if you are. You don't need to disclose it if you don't want to. I'm not in any beefs. I don't have any problems with any SMPRs. But I do see a lot of um, things that I think could be handled better amongst artists. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't like to see that. I don't like to see that because I feel the more that if we all stick together and kind of work as a, as a team to spread the word about SMP, the better it's going to be for everybody. We're all going to make more money because SMP is still not mainstream. It's, you know, and like I've said in the video, Joe Rogan, the rock or somebody, Jason Statham. So an A-list celebrity needs to get SMP and then talk about it. Yeah. Before it's going to go, you know, mainstream. I just, that's my concern is is it ever going to go mainstream?
1: Yeah.
0: And then and then another thing is there's no long-term studies. There's nobody out there with 30 years of SMP. Yeah. There isn't. There maybe the oldest one is someone Giro did or Matt or uh Paul Clark did 14 15 years ago. That's yeah. a, probably the oldest procedure. Like me and you we're guinea pigs. Everybody if you think in that terms is kind of a guinea pig,
1: I don't know what this shit's going to look like in 20 years. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen some old work uh, more online, but you know it just kind of fades out and just needs a touch up. But you know, and right.
0: that's what I and that's what I've seen. The oldest I've seen was ten years. It just, but, which is a good scenario. It kind of fades out, like you said. It fades mm-hmm. out, and then you just get a touch up.
1: Yep. But you know, you never know. Um, yeah. Especially when they first started, you know what inks were they using? You know, things have changed a lot, even in the past two years with ink and needles. Like zero fours wasn't being used. For real, for real. Whenever I got cha- uh, trained almost three years ago, it was six and eight. Now the four needle came on the scene, you know, in the past couple of years, and it might have been around before that, but wasn't nobody really talking about it. And then ink wise, you had to, you know, most people was just taking like a world famous or something like that and mixing, you know, orange and reds and making their own colors. But you know, it, it's definitely changed a lot. So you're,
0: I never, I've got, I've had, I think eleven or twelve sessions on my head. I got my SP in two thousand sixteen. And okay. I've had 11 or 12 sessions and I didn't get a modifier used on my
1: head till like last year or the year yeah. before. Did it ever did you ever have any problems with it turning?
0: No, oh, no. And that's the thing. And that's the thing. I never had any problems. I always took care of my stuff though. Yeah. I always took care. I always use lotion. I was getting, yeah, I never, it never turned blue or green or nothing like that. Yeah. The thing is you got to dilute it. You got to, if you're going to use super black, if you're going to use just straight black ink, you got to dilute it with the water.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know? That's pretty much how follicle is, you know. Yeah. You know, I, even if I'm, even if I'm just putting a drop of water in it, I'm making sure I modify it in some way versus straight black. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. You know, you don't want to. raise... There's too much carbon. There's too much carbon. Yeah. Then it will have like this. It won't look good. It won't. Look yeah. Good.
1: So I've, I've had good. I've had good results with the follicle, ink, man.
0: What was the hardest thing for you to learn becoming an SMP artist? Like the whole process when you first step in and you're doing heads by yourself. You know, wow. what do you wish you kind of. uh maybe
1: practice or learned a little bit more or tried or researched Man, color theory probably yeah i think color theory was the biggest one because uh my, my, my first couple clients uh well we're darker skin guys and you know i'm mixing up the ink how, how i thought i was taught to do it and i'm making impressions i'm doing it i'm doing it and i wipe it down and i'm not seeing nothing and i'm like uh-huh. oh what do i do I'm just like, okay. all right, man, yeah, yeah, let's just take a break. Let me figure this out. I'm on Google. I'm trying to, at that time, I was trying to call Taylor, like, hey, man, what am I doing wrong? I'm trying to get some help. But, um, you know, color theory, man, that was a big one for me. Um, That was, that was really big. So, like I said, I, I might be using this medium or this dark, you know, at the time, world famous. Now I'm putting in some drops of some orange modifier or some red and I'm trying to make it, you know, I didn't use six drops. I probably should have used two or, you know, whatever the case is. I couldn't see the impressions. I was lost. But then, you know, you work on a really white guy. I'm talking about somebody pasty like me, and it come out way darker than you wanted it to. I'm like, oh, snap. I didn't modify it enough. So yeah. it was just a, a learning curve with the color theory. I think that was my biggest one. It's
0: scary, too. When you go from working on, like, a darker skin person to working on someone your skin tone, mm-hmm. I remember the first time I was like, oh, man, because any little imperfection is going to be seen. It's going to be seen yeah and i I always start i so what i always do is i always start with the a smaller needle i'll use the 04 the 0.5 uh 0.15 micrometer and then i'll use the lightest ink and then depending on how it heals up second session i'll either use the same needle go bigger or and then i'll also darken the ink i'll go uh, another shade so and then i keep i don't know if you do this but i keep notes of every session with every single person
1: Exact every client I've ever done. and I probably need like an Excel spreadsheet or something, but they're in a notepad in my phone. Their name, the amount that they paid me, and what ink we use for first session, second session, and third, if need be. That way you're not guess. It takes the guesswork out whenever they come back. Now I make sure I tell my students that too. Take notes, because if I got a guy a guy come back to me after two years, he wants to touch up. I can look right in my notes, see exactly what we did, and I know where to make any changes from there.
0: It's so important. People, if you made it this far into the conversation, this is super important. If you're an up and coming SMP artist, keep notes on everybody, keep notes, keep the needle you use, the size, how much everything. water did you use? Everything. everything. Because everything. we're trying to guess later. You're going to be like, Oh shit, that didn't work. That combination did not work or it did work really well. I'm going to do it
1: again. Exactly. L- let me know. Do I need to stay there? Or do I make some changes? It, kind of, it definitely lets you know where you need to go. So I always keep notes. That way, because the first session, you know, we're laying down the blueprint. When they come back, we're going to change that blueprint. We're going to maybe go with a bigger needle. We're going to go a few shades darker, but you won't know where to go with it because it's been a month or two since you've done it. And now they come back and, you know, it just takes a guesswork out. You know exactly what to do next.
0: Yep. Do you like to start on the, this is a question. Do you like to start on the hairline or do you do the back of the head first?
1: I start in the middle of the head. How? Oh, so- I do I normally break mine down into three sections uh, for the most part, you know, front, middle, back. You know, I'll I divide it up into three sections. I'll start in the middle and work my way towards the hairline. That way, So, do you have
0: the person facing you, like they're like this?
1: And then uh, you. I got her in a tattoo chair. I'm sitting behind them just like this. Okay. Okay. So, and I'm working on, you know, uh, the back of this second session, working my way up in rows. You know, I pretty much go left to right, one, in- one inch in diameter bottom to top, filling in the section, and I go up to the front section. I like to get my touch down and get a nice touch um, before I get up to the hairline. I feel like a lot of times if you start on the hairline and you don't really have the touch right for that skin, um, or you might even need to make some adjustments and now you don't got a too dark of a dot here or something like that. I feel like it's best to start off the hairline, me personally.
0: I it's completely kind of... agree. You got, I gotta get my wrist warmed up, to be honest. Exactly. I gotta get my wrist warmed up a little bit before I start poking. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I the reason I asked that is because I was like, am I like the only person? Because I start on the back of the head and yeah. then I'll go to like about like right here. And then after that, I'll do like a 10 minute break. Then I'll go in, I'll draw their hairline, then I'll do the hairline. And then I finish the top kind of last. Yeah, that
1: makes sense. And, That's kind of how yeah. I do it. There, there's a million different ways you could do it. And there's no right or wrong way. Like whenever I'm teaching my students, i will tell them like, look, this is what I do. I just want you to take what I've taught you. And then you can modify it to what works best for you. But you know, this is how I do it. This is how I want you to do it. And then if you want to change up the way you do it, where you start at, you know, how big of sections you're doing, whatever the case is, then definitely modify it. But this is what's been working for me.
0: Yep. And, and I've changed my, I mean, sometimes I'll do the temple with, uh, with them in the chair with their head like this. Sometimes I'll do yeah. it laying
1: down. So how uh-huh. do you like the, the chairs with the head down?
0: <clears throat> so I have two chairs. I have two chairs. So I have like a, I got this really nice, expensive chair cause I was getting, to be honest, I when you get people who are large humans, yeah. right? You got, I had to get a hydraulic chair, you know? yeah. I had to get big boys in here, you know, 300, 400 pounds. I, my shit can't break. So I had to get a hydraulic chair. That was about 2,500, 3,000, something like, worth it though. It's like a dental PMU chair. Yeah. And then I also have the standard, you know, massage chair where you're sitting like this. Yeah. You know, how
1: do you like that one?
0: That's how, Gerode only uses that. So yeah. he, you do your, when you get your, shit done up because new york the properties are smaller right so yeah. you, you can't he can't be put in um, so you do the whole procedure i like that because then the person's like this yes you know head facing their hands are crossed and then you can see the hairline and you can work on the back of the head and when i have to do a whole head which i hate doing by the way if i gotta do <laughs> the back of the neck behind the ears and all that, that's a lot of work yeah, and you can kind of stretch them down a little bit because when you're doing yeah. it on that chair, you can't get a good stretch because right. you can put the face all the way down so it pulls their neck nice and tight. Sorry yeah. for the audio people listening to that. I'm just James <laughs> watching me.
1: <laughs> so so what I'll do, man, I like a tattoo chair because I like to sit when I do it because I've uh-huh. been cutting hair over 10 years. I've been standing doing it for that long. And yeah. I know a lot of times when you come to those massage chairs, we got the head down. You no, know, you're standing up doing the procedure. I wanted to eliminate that and sit down for 90% of my procedure. Now, if I'm doing a full head like you were talking, then yeah, man, Um, I either lay them face down and try to get to the back, or I'll have them sit back like in the chair that I'm in now, like my rolly chair that I sit in, and then wow. have them put their neck down. Um, But I thought about getting some of the massage chairs where they put the face
0: in. Just you can 20. still sit. You can still sit on it. You, so yeah. it's funny you say that. So the massage chairs, when you're doing the back of the head, I sit. I just raise my seat up to the highest Got level. You. Okay. I, I just, but then when I, and then when I do the hairline, I'm actually sitting
1: there. The only time okay. I'm standing is when I'm, when I have them in the full recline. Got gotcha. you know, Like that. I see a lot of guys that stand. So I, I haven't had that, uh, uh, experience myself. So I used one, one time at a tattoo show, um, or at a barber show, somebody brought a chair for me to use. Um, and it was cool, but just not what I was used to. You give them neck pillow. Yes, for sure.
0: Yeah, you got to have a neck pillow.
1: Man, you know what I seen, man? I seen a guy online, uh, this, is, this is a while back, but he's like, man, I got to get a new neck pillow. Mine's full of ink. And I'm just like, well, why is it full of ink? You're not wrapping it up? He's like, no. I was just telling him like, yeah, man, you're supposed to wrap your pillow, man. I hit it with saran wrap, wrap it all the way up, and then I put a pillow cover on it. Like, you can't just not wrap up your pillows. But yeah, <laughs> definitely do that.
0: And wash or just wash it. You know what I mean? If, you, if you're not, <laughs> take the thing off. Uh, and then it's like, how the hell are they getting the ink on there? Because if it's around your neck, unless it's like this part, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know maybe when they, when they try to
1: spray, spray it down, maybe it's dripping. I don't even know.
0: Do you use VasoCaine? What's that? Do you, uh, so do you have a redness reducer? So I was oh. using a product called oh. VasoCaine for it's a long time. A witch hazel, man.
1: The, what's it called? Just a, a regular witch hazel.
0: I don't know what that is. Witch hazel.
1: Yeah, like um uh, alcohol that doesn't burn. Like, okay. It does it take the redness away though too? Yeah, it, it does. It, that's what I use for my redness remover uh, reducer. Um, okay. You know, you, I, I, I haven't gotten into trying anybody's products yet, but that's what I've been using for me. Like it, it dulls it down just enough for me to get some good pictures for sure.
0: Yeah, and when you're working, if it's too inflamed,
1: it's hard to it's hard to see what you're doing, right? It's yeah. Hard yeah. To... Oh yeah. yeah. But um, what about you, man? Are you uh, like any specifically?
0: I like, I like the Vasocane. I use that blue gel stuff too. Uh, okay. Taylor Perry actually told me about that, that blue gel stuff. And okay. you mix it in with the distilled water and you shake it up and you spray it. But I also, I've been using Vasocane, you know, since I started. Uh, but the thing about that is you need to, it's kind of the way you order, it's a pain in the ass. So I, I've learned that I'm a vet, once I use all my Vasocane, I'm just gonna stick with the blue gel. I think that's how I'm gonna do it, and it's more right. effective. It's it, you end up saving money because you can just take the dropper, drop it into it, uh, into distilled water, shake it up, and it, it ends up last. You save money long-term. long term. Okay. Long story short, you save money long term, people, if you use the blue gel. <laughs> I
1: have to check that one out, man. You got to send me a link.
0: Oh, um, I'll I'll take a picture of it when we're done. I'll send okay. it
1: We you. you use any kind of numbing creams?
0: Here's what a. In regards to numbing cream, I found that the people that I use numbing cream on versus the people that I don't use numbing cream on, when they come, the people that I use numbing cream on, when they come back, there's more fading than the people that I didn't. So for yeah. that reason, I try to talk people out of using numbing cream, but if they have to use it, we'll use it.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't use it at all. I don't. I had a guy come in uh, a couple of weeks ago. He wanted a third session. Um, just come in and, you know, just hit it real quick, make it pop a little bit. And I could tell something wasn't right. I'm like, as soon as I started working, I'm like, man, did you put something on your head? He was like, how you know? I was like, I I just know it's not working. Like I'm sitting here making impressions. I'm wiping it down and nothing is not sticking at all. So whatever he put on his head tattoo cream, uh, numbing cream wise, it just completely numbed up that top layer of skin and killed the acceptance of ink. So he had to, he drove two hours here. He had to turn around and go home without a session because it wasn't working.
0: Oh, man. And then you kind of feel guilty about it, even though you didn't do anything wrong.
1: I'm like, my bad, man. But nothing (laughs) I could do. There's no point in me punishing you because I can't even see the impressions when I wipe it down. And to be
0: honest, it's not that bad. You know, to me personally, it wasn't wasn't that bad for your head?
1: No. So for me, it was more of a mild to moderate discomfort. Taylor's doing my head. I'm sitting there. We laughing, joking the whole time. But I've also had some people that act like it was the worst thing that's ever happened to them. So I don't know.
0: I know, I know, I, I get that, I get them, and I get it after three, four hours. Okay, yeah, it's a little irritable, but uh, you know, it's
1: the hairline's the worst, and that ain't even that bad, in my opinion. Yeah. For me, my worst part was probably the temple area, coming down oh, the God. side of the edge up. Um, but everything else, man, was pretty. It wasn't bad at all. The, the funny thing that happened during my procedure, I don't know if Taylor remembers this or not, but my left leg twitched the entire time, all three sessions. I don't know what he was doing in my head, what, what nerves he was hitting, but my left leg just twitched the entire time.
0: And That's I, happened. Th- th- now, has that ever happened to you when you're working on someone where they? I, I had a client.
1: I, I had a couple clients that that happened to. And I had another guy. His eyes uncontrollably just twitched and blinked. Like his, we had to take breaks because his eyes was hurting from blinking so much from the nerves. Like it was crazy. It was crazy.
0: And no, I, I know what you mean. There's some people, I've gotten some characters. And that's part of the reason why I, I started the podcast is because you end up talking one on one to people for hours, yeah. right? I'm sure you do it. And it's, and doing SMP is not like the barbershop. There's not, you know, 10 other people listening to your conversation. You're just by yourself. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure you've heard some crazy stuff, some oh, good man, stuff.
1: I heard some-, I heard some stuff I can't talk about, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, I heard some stuff that gets some people in trouble, man. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. It, man. yeah. And
0: then, like, oh, yeah. Words, you know, I hear about. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you got it. I was just, I've heard people, man, guys tell me about how they get caught cheating on their wife. You know, oh, stuff man. like that. Serious.
1: Uh, like, oh, man. Uh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh I definitely heard some of them stories. I have had women telling me some of the same stuff. How they got caught cheating on their husband, how they hu- caught their husband cheating on them, or whatever the case is. So I definitely uh, I've gotten it all.
0: How did, how do you feel about uh, doing Scar Camo? Because that's a I, tough one for people.
1: I don't mind it at all. Like I get a lot of hair transplant guys come in. Um and you know, we, we we knock it out, no problem. Um I had one guy that his was just so bad, it was just so badly done and it was just so thick and raised that you know you can conceal it, but it's still gonna be there. Like you can see the scar. Like, yeah. It was, just, it was just poorly done. Like ten yeah. years ago. It was like I guess older. But um other than that, man, I I, I enjoy it. It's fun.
0: Yeah, trying to match it up, right?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I've had other than scars, like it's also like when you got people with, with spots of alopecia in their head, that 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 could be um, you know hard too. Because I had a guy come in, pretty much spots all over his head like a dalmatian, and you're trying to make all that blend in with everything else. So that was some work. Um, I had a guy with vitiligo uh, come in, just white. Oh spots wow, you I I haven't had a vitiligo person. Yeah, was it a I had black person over. with vitiligo, or white yeah, it was, a, it was a black guy with white spots all over. And wow. uh, you know, I, I can still the best I can, man. Uh, we did two sessions, and it came out pretty good. And that was early on. That's when I was first starting. So I was kind of a little nervous attacking uh, that one. But it came out good.
0: Yeah. And and the thing about their spot alpecia, it's like sometimes you want to just fill in the spot. And other times yeah. it's like, if I just fill in the spot, I'm going to have to fill in like the rest. Yeah. You know, it might end up, it might be a small project that turns into a big ass project. You're like, shit, I didn't, I didn't charge them for yeah. all that.
1: Exactly, man. So some, everyone's a little different. Like I, I'll do ladies, who just have it on the sides of the head. You know, they want to fill in that sides, uh, you know, the edges area, Um, get that filled in. And I got some guys where it's just affect their entire head. They'll have spots here, here, here. So you have no choice but to do the entire head. So, so it you see know, a lot in this, you know, you start doing SP, man. You're gonna meet some great people. You're gonna be some crazy people. You're gonna hear some good stories, some crazy stories. Um, I don't know. I got everybody, man, from ex-cons to doctors. Like My wife was like, man, you have no specific clientele. Like I tell her a story, about, okay, this guy's a doctor, and da-da-da-da-da. And I tell her about, about this other guy that just did 10 years in prison. So she's like, bro, you get everybody. Hey, isn't it crazy? And
0: that's why I love it. That's why I love it. I, same thing with me. You know, I get doctors, uh, uh, lawyers, and then I had a guy who did 20 years. 20 yep. years. And I'm like, god damn, that's – Jesus. Well, and I'm see, glad you get
1: SMP. Mo- <laughs> most times, whenever a guy's done a long bid like that, 5, 10, 20 years, you could tell. But I've had yeah. a couple of people come in and – you know, they, you would never know if they didn't tell you, like they just carried themselves differently, I guess, than the people that maybe, you know, had that institutionalized mindset, stay with them. But yeah. just, like some people, you would just never know, like you did, you did 10 years, like what yep. did you do? And, you know, <laughs> you know, you meet everybody, man. You really maybe, do. And that's what's
0: so great because hair loss isn't uh specific to any one type of person, you know, a lot them. of people suffer in silence from hair loss and they want a solution. For sure. Um, I think one of the hardest things, cause I'll go on these, do you know what Reddit is? Re- the Reddit app? Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I've never used it. It's, uh, it's mainly like nerds on there. I'll be honest. And anyway, so you go on there and there's this, um, check this out. It's called Tressless T T-R- will send it to you after this. Okay. Um, but you could go on there and you can see people talking about SMP or talking about hair loss. And whenever I bring up SMP, Oh man, sometimes I get attacked by the nerds. I'll get attacked. Oh, it's not real. And then I make my counter argument about hair transplants, you know, being ineffective and blah, blah, blah. But I just think the more people that we educate that, okay, yeah, you get a hair transplant, but it's not, you're not going to look 16 anymore. Like you might get a hairline, but it's not going to be thick and full. SMP, if you're not satisfied, uh, with the hair transplant, you can also get SMP. I just think oh, yeah. continuing to educate um, potential clients is 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 all of our jobs, and I think you're doing a,
1: a fantastic job at that. I for really sure, do. Man, I appreciate it. And I, I tell people all the time, and especially guys I do consultations with that are torn between getting a transplant or SMP, I'll tell them, man, okay, if you want to get the transplant, that's fine. But you're going to be contacting me for SMP because it's not going to be as full as you're thinking. Like, yeah. you no, know, everyone's level of hair loss is different. If you catch it early, then yes, it'll probably, it'll look great. But if you're one of them guys where it's just already got a horseshoe at the top and there's nothing up there, they're not going to be able to pull enough hair follicles from the back of your head to make that look full. So s Don't you think it. Jeff Bezos would have it? Look, that, look. this is always my argument when it comes to hair loss. If LeBron hasn't figured it out, then we definitely won't. Because he's been yeah. trying to figure this thing out for 20 years. And I, I'm pretty sure he had a hair transplant. And it's still thin. So, yeah, he needs SMP on top to be no, I think it would compliment uh, him very well. Oh my God,
0: it would help all of
1: us. <laughs> but, Please. right, right. It, it would spread awareness. And a lot of people, you know, they think SMP, they, they, they're thinking it's a tattoo. You're just going to black out their head. And I try my best to educate the clients like, hey, it is a hair tattoo. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But if it's done right, it's going to look like you got a nice fresh haircut. But some people hear tattoo and they're just scared off. Um yeah. so yeah. you know yeah. it, then from there I just kind of send them some some work, look at the videos, and then let them make a decision from there.
0: Great stuff. Thank you, Dame. What is your um this has been great? What is your all your contact? What's your website, your Instagram, all that
1: stuff? Okay, so barberinkstudios.com, that's the website. Instagram, TikTok is gonna be at barber name dame. Barber Name Dame. All right, Dame. <laughs>